And welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 417. I am Jim, and this is a bit of a surprise drop here. It's like those rappers who drop those albums out of nowhere. Oh my God, they just dropped an album. I can't believe it. This is like that, but in podcast form, and probably not as impressive because I'm not as big as any of those rappers or anybody. Uh, for that matter, I'm a small fella, I've been told, but this is a podcast episode where i think i'll do this each week every wednesday i'll show up here and i'll talk a little news maybe do a little commentary i don't know and review a couple of the books maybe some of the things that i used to review on my own back in the day that we've kind of let drift out kind of like things like captain marvel things like miles morales that that sort of things the gym books if you will And that will then allow me and Jason, which nothing changes with the regular show, me and Jason on Thursday, that's the big show, the big books, all of that. And instead of adding a ton of books to that show and making it, you know, not so manageable, we'll do this and we'll see how people like it. It's just a little bit of extra flavor here. And it just allows me to come on and be goofy is what I think. And we'll see. Maybe it'll annoy people more than impress them, but you can let me know. And I guess I can probably check it out in the stats of the downloads and we'll see how it goes. So if it just disappears, you know that it was a failure, but hopefully that won't be the case. And for this first episode, originally I was going to talk about a bunch of books. I think that I'm just going to talk about one book, going to talk about Strange Academy number 18, the finale sort of that came out last week. We almost did it on the regular show, but we nixed it at the last second. But I think that that's a pretty cool deal for us to talk about but going down you know maybe even next week maybe i'll talk about the captain carter and captain marvel that's coming out this week things like that things like i said that end up being dropped from the regular show and then i'll kind of pick up the slack there and do that and some news but with all of that i won't even get involved in you know telling everybody where they should go or whatnot let's just get into it let's go off and we're going to start this whole shebang with uh, some news. The woo news. news. All right, and this is the news. And I ended up digging through everything and then putting on my Sherlock Holmes hat. I actually just typed in Newsarama and ended up getting news from there. We got three news items. A little shout out to them there. And one of these is not the big news of the day, the thing that everybody's talking about down at the rec center. Obviously, what I'm talking about is Blackpink making their comeback in August. I mean, that that's huge, right? Easy peasy. And with that, too, it's kind of funny. When I get to talk on my own, you might end up hearing a little bit more Blackpink news than you might have expected. But here is the first news item. New digital series, Avengers Unlimited, puts Earth's Mightiest Heroes on a hit list. You know who else is on a hit list? Blackpink in all the hits, right? That's what I say. A new weekly Avengers series debuts on Marvel Unlimited and actually debuted this past Tuesday, July 12th. The app currently has the first two issues of Avengers Unlimited, written by David Pepos, illustrated by Farid Karami, and colored by DC 
Alonzo, and I hope that I did not butcher those too bad. Issue number one kicks off the Black Ledger arc, which sees the Avengers as a list of targets for an unknown foe. So somebody is trying to hunt down the Avengers. Oh, my goodness. Then in the second issue, Tri-Sentinel goes after Thor and Black Panther, seemingly on behalf of the same mysterious villain. And I saw that there are people speculating that this Avengers Unlimited series might tie into things to do with Julia Louise Dreyfus's character and also the rumored Thunderbolts movie coming down the line. So that's something that makes it a little bigger. That's kind of cool. Also, though, what the Marvel ended up announcing, and if you don't have the Unlimited app, I suggest you go get it. It's one of the best things to get. It's one of the best, you know, deals in comics. It's not the best. I mean, the best, obviously, is the Shonen Jump app that you can get everything for two bucks. You're never going to beat that. But the Marvel Unlimited app is really, really good. But along with the Avengers Unlimited announcement, Marvel's celebrating the accumulation of more than 30,000 titles to its digital comics library, comprised of both classic titles, new editions, and probably a bunch of stinkers, is what they should say at the end. Right? I mean, yeah, there's classic titles, a lot, of, a lot of garbage. But yeah, you can root through that. And seriously, when you get the subscription there, you don't have to worry about getting the garbage because, you know, it's cents to the dollar, as they, I think they say. I don't know. But yeah, I suggest if you don't have the Unlimited app to go get it. And the thing is, these Unlimited series, I want to get behind them. I actually was thinking at one point, maybe doing a side podcast with those as well. I can't keep track of them. I don't know what's coming out. Also, you got to scroll up and down. I'm more of a left and right kind of guy. I don't know. Up and down seems like really space age to me. It gets me very nervous. I don't know what I'm doing. So I end up reading some of those. I ended up reading the Avengers one that Jason Aaron was doing that was connected to the Avengers forever for a little. I I didn't keep up with it. I have problems keeping it up, as I've been told. Uh, But the next story is something that makes me laugh because it's Peter and MJ are happy together and a new collaboration comic from Marvel. And the lifestyle brand Kith, which I have no idea what it is. I'm an old man. How am I going to know lifestyle brands? I barely can even figure out what that means. But it's funny when you end up having these side things. And this is something that goes on even at DC Comics. When you end up with a big change or something that all the fans want, you'll always get it, but in weird ways. Like over right now at DC... Everybody, it seems, wants to have a de-aged Jonathan Kent. They want John younger. They won't do that in the regular continuity, but they'll put out Super Sons movies. They'll put out comics, all that. But they won't do it where it really counts. This is, again, like that. They know that people want Peter and MJ together. They ain't going to give it to you in the regular continuity. They'll give it to you on a side deal with lifestyle brand Kith. Kith? What the heck is that? The original Spider-Man Peter Parker turned 60 this year. Oh my God, he's older than me. And lifestyle brand Kith is celebrating his birthday in style. When I hear that, I'm wondering if Kith, are they like some sort of cake manufacturer? In addition to a collection of adult and kids apparel and accessories by Kith, I guess they don't make cakes, featuring archival artwork from classic Spider-Man comics, the publisher and brand have teamed up for a brand new Spider-Man comic featuring a rare sight these days, Peter and MJ in a happy seemingly stable relationship who would have thunk it could you imagine that can you imagine somebody coming up with that idea like hey i'm gonna pitch a comic get this peter and mj are in a happy seemingly stable relationship and i think that that might get the green light because you do have 
seemingly stable. And what they would say, the editors would go, well, the seemingly means that it'll all go to hell soon, right? Oh, yeah, it does. All right, you're hired. You're hired to do that comic with a script by Anthony Piper. Oh, Anthony Piper. Art by Julian Shaw and colors by Fabio Lapparini and Fabio D'Aria. You have two Fabios on this. That is a sexy book. Marvel Kiss Spider-Man number one follows Peter as he attempts to stop Doc Ock and his robot army from destroying New York City. Marvel characters, including Iron Man and the Tinkerer, have cameos in the comics pages, as well as Kith founder Ronnie Fade. Oh, Ron, Ronnie's in it. I mean, maybe that's it. He's like, I'll end up. And it's funny, too, because if you are doing the Marvel Unlimited, one of the things, if you get enough points for doing all the things and whatnot, you can end up having yourself in a comic. Is this all this is? Is Ronnie ended up getting all his employees? Okay, everybody get them points because I want to be in a comic and maybe even paid for it to be in it. But uh, I'm sure that, what is it going to be? Is Peter just going to end up like going through a window into the board meeting of Kith and Ronnie Fagg's going to be going through, oh, here's our projections. Oh my God, Spider-Man. There you are. I heard you in a happy, seemingly stable relationship with MJ. And then that's when the troubles start because then Peter starts thinking, why do you know about MJ? And then starts following her and realizes that her and Ronnie Fagg are having a bit of an affair. See, that's how it all ties together. And then probably prancing around in these outfits that they make that I know nothing about. I have no idea what Kith is. Somebody has to let me know if it's even anything that's cool. Right? Is it cool like the Jordans? That's all I know. I know that. I don't know. I, I really don't know anything about fashion. And if you saw me right now, you would know that I am telling the complete and honest truth. The next and last bit is Wakanda, the home of the Black Panther, gets its own comic just in time for the movie's sequel. The world of Wakanda, home of the Black Panther in the Marvel Universe, will be the subject of a new five-issue limited series starting in October, spinning out of writer John Ridley's current run on the main Black, pa- Black Panther title. Now, it's spinning out of John Ridley's title. You're adding this in. I, I know that they'll probably just, you know, add it in anyway, but that this means something about John Ridley's run. That, that Black Panther book by John Ridley, it's not the greatest. It's kind of getting a little long in the tooth already and only like seven issues in, but it's a little boring. It's got a lot of political machinations and things going on. And me and Jason talked about it on the regular show. So if you do listen to that, you'll know what I'm talking about, or if you read it yourself. But is it that they want something different because that doesn't line up with the movie? Or is it maybe a little bit like it might not be around at that point? Because we're going to start getting the solicits for October. And that's what this is. It's almost like an advanced solicit to letter of him. You know, are we going to find out that maybe that book and that run or anything? I don't know. I'm just trying to make up stuff. I'm trying to whisper down the lane. Each issue features different creators telling stories focused on the wider cast of characters from Wakanda. With Wakanda number one featuring a story which spotlights T'Challa's younger sister, Shuri, one of my favorite characters, from writer Stephanie Williams. Not one of my favorite writers. Stephanie Williams right now is doing the Nubia stuff at DC, and it's not been great. In fact, it's not that it's written poorly. It's written boringly. It ends up being very boring, very much, you know, exposition. A lot of people standing around talking. Hopefully that's not what you'll get here. 
uh, and artist Paco Medina. And it's one of those things that it seems that Stephanie Williams, and they're going to say, nobody's going to get hired for a book. Like if I got hired to do, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a character that I don't really love, man thing. Hey, Jim's on a man thing book. You're not going to have me have an interview and say, yeah, you know what? I really hate that man thing. One of the worst characters ever. Just a goof. A swamp thing ripoff, I say. No, I'm going to get on and say, oh, my God, I always wanted to do a Man-Thing book. Man-Thing is the best thing that ever happened. I actually first started reading comics because of Man-Thing. That's what you're going to get from these people with their little blurbs and stuff like that for the most part. Stephanie Williams does say she loves Shuri, always a Shuri fan. Maybe she is. Maybe she is. I'm not one to say. But I hope that she's more of a Shuri fan than she is a Nubia fan, if that makes the book a little more exciting and better. This is just a one-shot, but still. You don't need all that yakety yak is what I'm saying. Alongside the main story from Rotating Creators, each issue of Wakanda will feature an installment of, quote, the history of the Black Panthers, a backup tale which will tell the first definitive history of the entire line of Wakanda heroes to take up the mantle of the Black Panther. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, that sounds pretty decent enough to just grab it for that. We'll see. We'll see when it comes out what this is all about. Wakanda number one goes on sale October 12th just ahead of the November release of the film sequel, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. So if you are into that, you can go check it out. I'm sure that we'll talk about the first issue with that Shuri, you know, at least that one. If if it's not that great, it's tough to say, though, because when you have that rotating deal of creative teams, if you don't like that one issue, you're like, well, it might be better next issue because of the next bunch of writers. Sometimes they all stink. Sometimes they're all great. We'll see. I'm not going to judge it yet. We'll wait till it comes out for me to crap on it like the one reviewer did say I do in the Apple iTunes reviews from the UK. Thanks, buddy. And that's for you. But with all that, that's the end of, of the news. So we'll go off to Strange Academy. It's ending, but it's not. It's on hiatus. It's going home for the summer break. I don't know, but we'll see when we come back. If we talk about this book tonight You can see I may end up yelling And then that UK guy will leave a review And you know this book kinda makes me sad All the issues we could've had If we didn't get to lay us those years ago It might be going on After the summer it might be around you turn the frowns back upside down The book is gone but something might be found To take its place Strange Academy Strange Academy Ah oh, yes, Strange it is Strange Academy. Academy with a little impromptu parody song I don't do a lot of the parody songs over here On the Marvel side of things I don't know why, I really don't But maybe This little deal will let me do just that. But this is Strange Academy number 18, and it's a finale, but not a finale. It is going on hiatus, but who knows? And the idea of an announced hiatus, is it that much different than at points where it just kind of went away for a while? It was delayed a lot. You ended up having things going on. And I'm I'm not going to say that it's anybody's fault. I think there's been a lot of crazy things going on with this book. One of them being 
that this is Strange Academy, an academy led by Doctor Strange, and that guy died. So you ended up having some weird things going on here. I think that there was kind of a slight wink-wink when you end up having the kids go and stay in the Sanctum Sanctorum there. But with all of that, this is Strange Academy number 18, written by Scotty Young, art by Umberto Ramos, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Clayton Cows. Tensions are rising at Strange Academy. Doyle has taken more steps along the path to his dark destiny after defeating his friends one by one. Calvin was expelled for dealing dangerous wishes to his fellow classmates. Fed up with how little the administration seems to be doing about any of this, Emily rallied the students of Strange Academy together for a walkout, and that's what ended up being leading into this. And I did like this. Now, I had been somebody who was not as enthralled with Strange Academy as other people, but this is the sort of book that I love. I love any time, and really, I love this sort of thing in manga. You end up school shenanigans I love. I love the idea of having all these different characters. And by this point, Scotty Young has done a pretty good job of giving us character work for most of them. I still think some have been left behind a little, like Herman, Gus. I want more from them, but I really did like Calvin from the start. And I think that, you know, obviously Calvin's story has been one of the bigger ones with the idea of him having the coat. He ends up losing that because that was nonsense and then wants to be special. And that is something that anybody can relate to, especially in something like a school setting. And our main character, Emily, is playing out here where, yeah, she's not acting right. And we do find out that that leads from Doyle bringing her back, giving her the ring that he did. And if you are reading the book, you know what I'm talking about. But really what you're centering on in this is the character work and the characters and going behind them at a point where Emily has gotten everybody to leave, mostly everybody. Doyle's still at school. There are some other students, but Emily has gotten most of our main characters to leave. They kind of protest a lot of it being Calvin being expelled because he wanted to try to be special. And she says he got the magic rip from him. And it makes it so that he would do anything to get that back. And they should have treated him a little better with a little bit more of kid gloves and whatnot. So you go into this where the faculty is trying to figure out what to do while the kids there are in the sanctum. They order pizzas. You end up getting Armand show up dressed as a fake Dr. Strange, which looks hilarious. And he's like, yes, I am Dr. Strange. I did order those pizzas. Here we go. And I do love at the end. You have to make sure that you look. And this book always has things at the end. You'll have report cards. You'll have little flyers and things. And you do have the receipt for what they ordered with these pizzas and the idea of the immense amount of money that they pretty much put on Dr. Strange's tab, which made me laugh. But you end up where, and one of the things is they want, you could guess who ordered what, and it's fun. The idea of the pizza needs to be tormented, so the place ended up having the delivery driver yell at the pizza. I'm pretty good. I yell at the pizza a lot, too. Also, somebody was ordering a lot of anchovies. I say toast, and I think that that's nonsense, the worst ever. But they end up getting the pizza. Everybody's having a good enough time. It almost feels like at the very beginning, they're like, hey, it's kind of a field trip, which this book has done a lot. But it feels like, all right, we're having some fun. Let's see what's going on. And when they do end up going to Emily at the one point and saying, what do we do now? What's the plan? What are we doing? You can't just say we're protesting and not have an idea where they say, you know, what are our listed demands? 
Emily, she hasn't really thought this out. It was a reaction. She ends up leaving her and Doyle having problems. But when they do go, and Irik, of course, is the one who ends up finding her and goes and she's in the library, Dr. Strange's library, and she's reading books on, you know, the magics of the dark dimension, all that stuff, because that is what's happening. You kind of get that deal, that ring that she got from Doyle. It's starting to affect her. It's starting to make her. This is a girl who wouldn't lash out like she does in this. At one point, she is just screaming at everyone to shut up. That's nothing that she would have done any time before. And these angry looks, all that really play out well. But you could pass it off as stress. The idea that she is upset, but it's still not Emily. And if you've been reading, you know what I mean. But they're trying to figure out what do we do from here? And when she does yell, shut up. You end up having almost like a mind meld with Doyle back at school. These kind of connect because of that ring and because of the dark dimension, because of all this. Now, if you haven't been reading this, the idea that Doyle's Dormammu's son has been looked at. And that's a lot of what this book is about. The idea of, you know, being your father's son, your mother's daughter. Can you rise up against that? Because a lot of the kids here, especially Doyle, has a really bad dad. But he doesn't want to be like that. Unfortunately, when they were down in New Orleans, a little field trip deal when they went there for the weekend, he ended up going to a fortune teller and he saw this dark future that he would be the destruction of all of them. And that has plagued him since. So he's and he's a good guy. But right now, him and Emily are butting heads and everybody's gone off. So and he ended up having to fight people. So the idea is who is playing this out to make it so that this dark future comes to pass is it doyle himself being bad or is it the other kids including emily pushing him towards that and it kind of comes with the idea that doyle finally realized because he does go back to the crossroads museum and talks to the fortune teller talks to her about hey i want to see that future again the funny thing is by the end, she's like, you have to pay me. He's like, yeah, yeah, put it on my tab and leaves. It made me giggle. But he ends up looking at this and realizes, oh, my God, maybe it is me that started this, but it's not fully me that's going to end up. It's my fault. That ring, I got to get it back. This is bad stuff. I'm the one who started this. I'm the one who gave Emily, and that's going to be the next step of this destruction. So, in fact, I am the blame, but not the way I thought before. And he ends up, oh, my God, I got to get a hold you know, of the teachers. I got to call the school. I got to see what's going on. And so he does call them to tell them that. And he's like, oh, my God, you know, you got to do this. We got to find Emily. We got to find all the students. And, you know, Jericho's there. And he's like, that's better, easier said than done. We know where they are, but it's not that easy. And he's like, oh, my God, we got to do that. But you do have the faculty then go off to find them. And they get in the Sanctum Sanctorum, and with that, it is one of those things like, okay, we get in here, we know they're here, but it's the Sanctum's a little bizarre. It has a mind of its own. It does things that changes, like Hogwarts, where you end up things it's not as easy as you think. We go, we're, they're in the house, but we may not be able to find them. But they end up finding them. But it's, again, when you have this, everything is darker than what we're used to, especially with Emily. And it becomes almost like a standoff. And one of the big things that I enjoyed through this was that you had connections with the teachers. You had connections where people were very nice, especially Zelma, who was really 
friends with Emily, and Emily is just bad, just so awful to her. And even says, because Selma dresses pretty cool, right? Pretty cool there. Almost like what Emily says to her then is, basically, you're the, hey, where are all the cool kids at going in there, you know, like a Steve Buscemi deal. Says, you dress like us. You're not us. You're not with us. And she's really making that stand. Us against them. You know, the students against the faculty that you guys ended up using us. You ended up lying. You didn't tell us everything. And she's pushing this, pushing this in a way to get everybody else against the students. And even points out they the teachers brought the mindless ones there because they don't know what they're going to get involved with. They don't know what's going to go down. But they're there you know, keep the peace or whatnot. And Emily even throws that in. Like, look at who you brought. You brought the mindless ones. You are trying to control us. You're trying to take us down. But Zalma finally says, how about you tell your friends there the things that you haven't told them? Tell them about this dark dimension stuff. Tell them about the ring you have and how it's affecting your mind and making you more evil. And we see it. She goes full out. She ends up Using and, and with that, you have Zoma and all the rest are shocked because they say, you know, tell them all this power. Yeah. Well, you don't even understand how much power I have because I am way more powerful than all of you and attacks and ends up taking over the mindless ones. Everybody else is just like, oh, my God, what's happening? What are we going to do? She ends up taking the mindless ones over and it's the attack is on. And what this ends up doing then. Again, remember, all the kids were saying, well, what is our next plan? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? We're in the Sanctum Sanctorum, but we can't stay here forever. They even say, and it's kind of the funny thing, they don't even know Clea by name, but says, thank God that new Sorcerer Supreme doesn't really stay here. You know, we're pretty well off that way. But where's Wong? But you end up where you have Emily decide what they're going to do. But is it Emily? Is this in her right state of mind? Because what she does is, is open a portal. And this is an Emily that's so over the top powerful right now. It's scary. And she ends up opening a portal and says, we're going to our new home in the dark dimension. And you look in and it's like, oh man, like, oh snap. If we were, you know, 10 years ago, but we look in and it's like, I don't know that I want to go in there with all them eyeballs and things going. It's horrific, but that's where she says they're going. And you want to read the next issue. This is not an ending ending of a series. This is not like, oh, man, because the ending, you know, hey, okay, we'll get along. Let's go back to the school. Oh, shucks. Let's wait. Oh, my God. If Dr. Strange knew what we were doing. Oh, my. No, this is the okay to be continued. This is an ending for now. I'm going to assume that when they do come back, they'll start with a second volume with a new number one. That's and it may have already been announced, maybe, but. That's something Marvel would do. The weird play of this is, and Marvel does it a lot, and I talk about it a lot in the Star Wars podcast. Why do they make a specific, you know, a month? Or why do they mention summer here? Where at the end it says to be continued this summer, which only shows you that it's been delayed. Even this finale type deal has been delayed because we're in the middle of summer right now. It seems like when I looked it up, it's going to come back in the fall. But even so. It's something that people really like, and it's a shame. And one of the other reasons I said earlier, one of the big reasons in my mind that the book kind of went astray was Dr. Strange dying. And maybe that's the play when he comes back, then we'll bring this back, whatnot. But also, Scotty Young ended up doing a Substack deal. He's also doing Twig right now at Image. 
he got a little busy, was going to, you know, kind of lay off the so. Maybe at that point things clear up, gives them time. As this goes on, they have time, and hopefully they're going to use that wisely and get a couple issues ahead. I mean, I I would like them to get like a trade ahead, and then we wouldn't have these delays because this book had been cut off at the knees so many times by delays, but yet people still ended up being very, you know, down with it. People didn't bail on it. It still had good sales. Very much more than some books do when they're delayed like that because it's a fun book. You don't get a lot of that, especially right now at Marvel. You don't have a champion's book right now. This is a cool book where you have young magic using characters and all of them are pretty good. They are interesting. You want to know more about them. It's just that the delays and I want more schoolwork. I always say this about this book, that if you end up having class the more class you have, the more you learn about the characters. And you never really did that. You were always going off on field trips. You're always going. So I hope that when it does come back, we'll have to solve this Emily thing. But when we do get to the deal, maybe we'll have the next year's students. We'll get some new things. That'd be pretty cool, right? You have that. It's like Saved by the Bell, the next generation. We could have all of it. We'll get it all. But I, I really do like this. It is a shame. And it's it's a weird one to rate because of the idea that you just kind of end. And it says, hey, coming back this summer. But overall, with it, I'm still going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think the art's really good. It does give you that progression from the last couple chapters with all the things that have gone down. We're getting to the head where when you go off to the dark dimension, you're going to you know, expect Doyle, his dad, all these things to kind of play into that as well. So I'm looking forward to that when we do eventually come back to it. But that's that. So 8 out of 10. I would say that's my book of the podcast, since it's the only one I'm talking about, as I said earlier. But I hope that, again, people like this kind of little bit of a in and out deal. This will be Sunday nights. I think it might be something that we could all you know, have a little fun with. Kind of talk about books that may not be the biggest books, but some things that people do really enjoy because people do really enjoy this strange academy. Uh, forgive me if I end up stumbling and a bumbling. I just ended up getting done between what I did in the news till this. I ended up recording two podcasts that ended up being about six hours total length, and my throat is killing me. I just flew in from Cleveland, I tells you. But yeah, I hope that you enjoy this. And let me know. Let me know if you like this idea, maybe doing a couple things, just me, myself, and I for the most part, maybe getting Gabe to do some of the books that he reviews on the website as well. But that's that. I'm not going to keep you any bit longer. I will mention I didn't at the beginning, but please go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And then go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where you can see reviews or read them even. I don't know if you want to do either or maybe both, but they're mostly or if all by Gabe because I'm lazy. And also go over to our Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Weird Science, where we have a bunch of things, including this week. I will tell you that the poll for this week's Patreon only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. The results are in. Oh my goodness. I wish I ended up having some sort of sound effect for that. Easy I don't. Peasy. That doesn't work. There you go. The results are in in a gem like sound effect as I go to them. And what we're going to be talking about is Fantastic Four number 45. The penultimate issue of Dan Slott's run, I believe, but the ending of The Reckoning War. And Spider-Punk number three, the Cody Ziggler of a garbage. So we'll see. That book's going to drive me nuts. It's getting late. I'm getting tired. So everybody, I hope 
that you have a nice night. I'm glad that you're listening here, and we'll be back tomorrow night, Thursday night, if you're keeping track and playing at home for the big, big podcast where we're going to be talking about Moon Knight, Punisher, and the Daredevil number one, the book that everybody's talking about down at the rec center. But thanks, everybody, and I will talk to you all later. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.